To start with, we should acknowledge that there are enormous pent-up pressures for people to move to the big cities. So, and we don't actually make it very easy for them to do so. In some of our cities, the land is in short supply, but in other cases, we are we don't want many poor people moving into our cities, and government policy hasn't been very supportive either. So the net result is that people have nowhere to move to, and so they occupy uh, land that isn't theirs. It's unauthorized or illegal. Um, but it's not inevitable, I think, because in many countries of the world it doesn't happen. And if we did more to accommodate people, um, even by providing service land, service sites for them to build their own houses, we could do much more to accommodate people in decent conditions and not have to resort to these extreme and inhumane measures, which is what happened in Luandli. Well, it, it, indeed, it's nothing is free. So, uh, but, but, but people that don't have uh, not, no resources at all, I mean, to build a shack in the first instance, I think we should see it as a sort of progressive thing. So they might start for the first six months or so with a shack. Um, hopefully they manage to get some sort of informal employment, if not a, a full-time formal job, and can begin to uh, invest that money in their, in their housing structure. Uh, they can uh, pool their resources and uh, start to slowly uh, formalize and make it more so substantial. But I think we have to start somewhere. The alternative of living in a shack in in illegal uh, situation is really not, not very good at all because people there have no security and so have, they have no incentive to upgrade their, their property, right? So the mm -hmm. end result is that we have these shack fires, we have the, the flooding, we have all the disasters of people living you know, illegally in very rudimentary structures. And, and that's really not sustainable at all. So we, we shouldn't talk about inevitability. This is a crisis. For these families, it's a complete disaster. And uh, we need to do something more serious about it, not just react. We tend to react to these problems. When there's a fire that outbreaks, breaks out, we throw, give people blankets and new building materials and food parcels. You know, we're always reacting. When people occupy illegally, we go and throw them off. We're not preparing for the inevitability of continuing urbanization in South Africa. It all starts with planning. We have to make some sort of estimate of the scale of, of future growth of our cities. Now, it stems from two, from two sources. One is the migration of people from, from the countryside. The other one is the natural growth of the population. Actually, in South Africa, that's a bigger source of growth, of household growth, you know, births exceeding deaths. As the mortality rate comes down, so we have more, more, more families. So we have to plan ahead and have some sense of the scale of growth. With those sorts of numbers in mind, we can then think about how much land is required. We can think about the cost of providing the services. And we can think about where we can locate these places. We don't want them 30, 40, 50 kilometers away from where the jobs are because that's not going to help at all. We want these sites to be reasonably well located. And we want them to have reasonable transport access to opportunities, livelihood, job opportunities. So uh, what else do we do? I think we then have to think about what are the priority services uh, that will avoid people living in, in de indecent and undignified conditions. Um, so it would be things like water. It may be that we have uh, cheaper sanitation solutions because flush toilets are quite expensive. So we may have to do with sort of temporary uh, services of some kind to start with and then over time we incrementally upgrade so that we end up with a, a full package of, of services like you and I have in our houses. Um, 
So it, it requires a, a commitment. But we also have to think about when we worry about the cost, we have to think about the cost of dealing with these disasters, mm. right? the cost of emergency services, the cost of getting the police, the cost of maintaining anti-invasion units in all of our cities, right? the cost of dealing with disasters, of health, of fires. These are all costly. The cost of the reputation of South Africa for having these images going around the world, the cost to the families, of course, of disruption to their lives. I mean, some of the Luandle families, the children were doing exams. Some had jobs and suddenly they couldn't, you know, all their possessions were, were lost. These are serious costs. So we also have to balance against the cost of planning ahead and preparing and doing the job properly.